Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Friends, welcome. I'm pro-life leader Frank Pavone, director of Priests for Life, one of the world's largest pro-life organizations, and we are here for a time of prayer, delving into the scriptures for today and letting that word of God, which is the word of life, strengthen our pro-life commitment. Uh, That is what we want to do in each of these uh, gatherings, and we want to pray for you. Feel free to leave your prayer intentions in the comments, and we all pray for one another very specifically. Powerful message from the gospel today. Uh, Let's get right into the uh, presence of God and into his word. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, first of all, we ask you today to forgive us our sins. And forgive us, Lord, according to the measure by which we forgive others. That is what we pray in the Lord's Prayer each day. That's the lesson you taught us. That if we are generous in our forgiveness of others, you will forgive us just as generously. But if we hold back our forgiveness, Lord, you will hold back yours. Because we are not truly seeking to be united with you. But we do seek that. We do seek to be in full union with your will. We seek to be holy. Because your word says, be holy for I am holy. Be made perfect as I am perfect. Come to us today, Lord God. Come to us with the power of your spirit, which has been poured out on all humanity. Come to us with the power of your word now. And grant that through your spirit, we may understand it, live it, and proclaim it. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. This is a reading, friends, from the Gospel of St. Luke. After Jesus left the synagogue, he entered the house of Simon. Simon's mother-in-law was afflicted with a severe fever, and they interceded with him about her. He stood over her, rebuked the fever, and it left her. She got up immediately and waited on them. At sunset, all who had people sick with various diseases brought them to him. He laid his hands on each of them and cured them. And demons also came out from many, shouting, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and did not allow them to speak, because they knew that he was the Christ. At daybreak, Jesus left and went to a deserted place. The crowds went looking for him, and when they came to him, they tried to prevent him from leaving them. But he said to them, To the other towns also, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God, because for this purpose I have been sent. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. For this purpose I have been sent, to proclaim the kingdom of God that has broken into humanity. And it's not an earthly kingdom. Remember the scene before Pilate. Jesus is standing before him, and he said, If my kingdom were of this world, my subjects would be fighting so that I not be handed over to you. But as it is, my kingdom is not here. It's not of this world. It has broken into this world. But it is not here. It is of heaven. It is from above. And that's why we, the members of the kingdom, must be born from above. 
In scripture, when it says you must be born again, the word again in the Greek in which the New Testament was written similarly means from above. So again and from above. Same thing, same reality. We are born again from above. So this is a different kind of kingdom. And that's why Jesus had to keep moving and proclaiming it. He wasn't going to stay in one particular place. And we see this dynamic. Sometimes it's easy to skip over it, but, but look at it for a moment. He was curing all these sick people. You could see them just lining up, coming to Jesus, just marveling at the power that he had over sickness. Notice the word that's used here. He rebuked the fever of Peter's mother-in-law, rebuked it. God did not make death. God did not make illness and sickness. This all came into the world because of the original separation from God, rebellion against him by sin that we've all inherited and we all compound it. We're not saying that a particular sickness is a result of a particular sin. We're saying that the condition by which we fall into sickness and ultimately die is brought about by separation from God. Christ Jesus comes to reconcile us to God, and that's why the healing is an essential part of his ministry, because it's a sign of what's going to happen here for all of us who embrace Christ and his salvation. He reconciles us back to the Father, heals all creation. So he rebukes the fever because this illness that is infecting his possession, his people, is something that was not part of God's original plan and needs to be rebuked, as does every form of sin, as does Satan, whom you also see active here. He's curing diseases and he's casting out demons. Demons and the devil himself hate God. They are real spiritual beings. They cannot destroy God, so they try to destroy us who are made in the image of God. So you can imagine, as all the people are coming to him and being healed and cured in this way, that they want him to stay with them. Oh, Lord, don't leave us now. Stay here. So anytime we get sick, anytime we get uh, bothered by, by demons, uh, uh, we can have you here and, 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 and you can help us right away. No, that's not why he came. You see a similar dynamic when the um, crowds were fed with bread. Remember, they came to Jesus and they wanted to make him king, a bread king. They want to make him king. Of course, he can feed the multitudes. Don't go anywhere else. Let us set up your palace. Let us set up your throne. And we'll have a constant stream of food. They weren't thinking in terms of the type of kingdom that Jesus had come to bring. Lord, will you restore the rule to Israel now? His disciples asked him at one point. Are we going to have earthly victory over the enemies around us or our oppressors? Again, it's a different kind of kingdom. This is a kingdom that is going to be won at the cross, a kingship that is going to be established through crucifixion, rejection, suffering, and then open up the spiritual 
gifts in Christ by which, yes, that root of demonic possession, that root of disease, that root of death itself, which is sin, is completely overcome. We're completely reconciled to God. We know the truth about God. We're filled with the Spirit of God, which is going to raise us from the dead. We're going to have life with Him and one another forever. This kingdom, promised through the ages by the prophets, is now among us, and it is there for us to embrace by faith in Christ. This is the kingdom he has to go and proclaim to all the towns and villages so that the community of faith can begin to be formed. This is the kingdom into which people will enter through the preaching of the word and through baptism that will be proclaimed by the very apostles whom he sends and their successors. This is the kingdom in which the thinking of this world is turned upside down as we were reflecting the other day. We have to be transformed by the renewal of our minds. We can't think as the world thinks. Do not be conformed, Paul says to the Romans, to this age, in other words, to the, to the world like it is without Christ, like it was before he came, like it is among those who don't claim him now. But be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Think according to God's way. And it's hard because we think in terms of power and dominance. Jesus came preaching, blessed are the lowly, blessed are the persecuted, and he said the Son of Man will be handed over to death. This is how he will establish his kingdom. This is not defeat. It's victory. This is not shame. It's glory. He said the moment of glory is the moment of the cross. This is, friends, this turns our thinking upside down. And this is why he said to the demons that they could not reveal that he is the Christ, could not speak of him. It's why he told some of the people that he cured. You remember when they wanted to go off and tell everybody about him, and some did so anyway. He said, now don't, don't go around... Don't go around proclaiming, oh, look, Jesus, Jesus healed me, you know, come to him. And he said, I don't want people to get the wrong idea. Let me teach them gradually that I'm the suffering servant, that they must take up their cross, that they must accept rejection and lowliness, and that through this paradox of the cross, I will save the world. In the prophet Isaiah, there are servant songs. These are passages that talk about the suffering servant, the servant of the Lord who will be rejected. And these, of course, are passages from the prophet Isaiah, hundreds of years before Christ, talking about Christ. <clears throat> we read them especially in Holy Week, but I want to read one of them at length now because, again, this teaches us the nature of the kingdom to which we belong and it teaches us that there's a meaning, there's a whole dimension to suffering and rejection and death. We want to run away from these things, but God has transformed these things. Now, it doesn't mean we go out and look for these things. It means when they come as they inevitably will, we understand that this is indeed the road to salvation. Jesus had to teach the people that his kingdom was based on the cross. And that once 
He and we, as we embrace our own cross with, in union with Him, go through the passion and the death that, yes, indeed, there will be power, glory, dominance, dominance over those illnesses, dominance over those demons, dominance over sin and death itself, dominance over every kind of hatred and division, we will all be united in Christ Jesus. But the walking in the kingdom now means this, as Jesus fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah 53, and that's what I'd like to, let's read it in a prayerful way, uniting ourselves with the cross, understanding the type of kingdom we belong to. Who has believed what they have heard from us, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. But surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our sins. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, like a sheep that is before his shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation who considered that he was cut off of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people. And they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death. Although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet the Lord was pleased to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for sin, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many be to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoils with the mighty, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. Let us pray. We praise you, Lord Jesus, suffering servant, man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. Lord, we too are acquainted with grief. We too are rejected as we follow you. 
You were crushed for our offenses. By your wounds we are healed. Lord, by our own wounds, let us share in that healing. As we unite those wounds with you, as we realize when we are rejected, when we are criticized, that we are blessed, that we should leap for joy when evil is spoken about us, when evil is invented about us, that we should jump and rejoice. Because so have the prophets been treated, and so have you been treated. It is not easy, Lord, to think in your way. Rather, we think like those we tend to think, like those who wanted to make you the the bread king, the healer king. Stay among us, feed us, heal us. Give us victory over our enemies all around us. Restore the rule to us now, here and now on this land. Let us reign, let us be victorious. Let the nations fall down before us. And you said no. You set your face resolutely to go to Jerusalem, to bear the cross. The Son of Man must be rejected and crucified. But Lord, as this suffering servant song from Isaiah made clear, and as you made clear in prophesying your passion, you said he will be raised on the third day. The Lord will give him his portion among the mighty, Isaiah said, the day of victory comes, the day of glory approaches. And we look to that day, Lord God, when the kingdom will unfold in all its fullness, power and glory and victory over every evil. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for that victory that we already share in with you, seated as we are in the heavenly places, thanks to our faith and baptism. Lord, may we always rejoice. May we always rejoice in this gift. We intercede now, Lord God, for all those who are lowly, persecuted, suffering, rejected, lonely. Those who are in grief, let them recognize that there is joy to be, to be embraced in that grief. Let them realize that there is joy to be found. In that persecution, let them realize that by the power of your cross, there is victory to be found in that suffering. Lord, give to your people what they need, those who lack food, clothing, shelter, employment, health care. Welcome those who lack direction in their lives, those who are confused, those who doubt their faith. Give all these people, Lord, the graces they need to embrace the faith confidently and joyfully. Give us what we need. Give our leaders what they need. Bring, uh, bring uh, repentance and conversion to those who are leading our country in the wrong way. And bring strength to those like President Trump who are leading us in the right way. Bless him and his team and his family. Bless all of us with wisdom as we engage our nation's elections. Bless all of us in the pro-life effort with wisdom as we defend these babies. Bless the babies themselves. 
Bless those who've had abortions, those who are wounded by abortion, bring them healing. And Lord, we gather up all our intentions today. We bring them to your cross and we pray as you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray to our Heavenly Mother. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. And friends, let's uh, remember Mother Teresa too. And uh, we had the uh, novena uh, leading up to uh, her feast day. And uh, you can continue to uh, use her, of course, as a key example in your in your pro-life efforts. Uh, also, the National Day of Remembrance uh, is Saturday. I founded that particular observance uh, and people will gather at the grave sites of aborted babies throughout the nation to remember them. And uh, you can find out more about all of that at rememberabortedchildren.org. Thanks for joining me for some time of prayer. Uh, the scriptures are always powerful, aren't they? And helpful to us in living the way that the Lord calls us to live. We will be back with all our broadcasts. Meanwhile, stay connected with our main website, endabortion.us, endabortion.us, and support our work as well. God bless you, friends. Talk to you soon. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.